This is the Common Sense Podcast presented by Tamar. I'm your host, Tamar Weinberg, founder and CEO of Tamar, and I will be talking to people of all walks of life who have suffered adversity and overcome to rise above the ashes and now make self-care and wellness an absolute priority. Hey, everybody. So excited. I have one of my old online, I don't know how to describe it, uh, industry, entrepreneurial type friend dudes here. David Hetzel, I don't know if that was the best descriptor, but I'm really excited that you're here and thank you so much for, for joining. Thank you for having me, Tom. Yeah, so, yeah, it really is. It really is. We have been doing that a lot lately, so I'm, I'm excited. I hope we can keep that cadence going. And I hope, I hope that we're going to meet at the conferences again on a regular basis as we did like 10 plus years ago. Yeah, I, well, 10 plus years ago, because it's funny, because once I had started having kids, I stopped traveling, and then COVID kind of kept you from traveling, so now we're really looking forward to having that face-to-face, so I'm looking forward to that, too, in some way. We'll have to figure out when that'll happen. Hopefully, there will be a South by Southwest next year. That's something that that's always exciting. Um, yeah, so where are you in the world? So let's talk about our distance, because we do have some. Yeah, I'm, I'm originally from Germany. I lived in Los Angeles for eight years, and now I live in Baltimore, Turkey. What Turkey? I don't even know. I didn't even know you were in Turkey now. <laughs> yeah, my after we sold Maxi again, my wife wanted to go back to Germany, so we're closer to family, and our daughter grows up with you know with family. But, but I couldn't, couldn't go, go back to, to German weather conditions after eight years of LA, and so we decided to um, move to somewhere that's close to Germany but warm. My initial thought was Spain, but my wife has Turkish parents, so she preferred Turkey, and. You know, even though my, my Spanish is much better than my Turkish, we decide, you know, happy wife, happy life, we decide to go here. And we're very happy here. Very, very nice. So what's the city in Tur- Turkey? I don't, I've never heard of it. B- Bodrum, B-O-D-R-U-M. It's it's a vacation destination where the wealthy Turks have their vacation homes. Oh. It's as far south and as far west as you can be in Turkey, close to the Greek islands. We're like 20 minutes from Kos. Uh, oh, Greek cool. So how many languages do you know? Because you talked about Spanish and Turkish and... I mean, English and German, um, then some Spanish and um, some Turkish. Well, that's Uh, pretty impressive. And you you picked up Turkish. Yeah, I mean, my my Turkish is very basic. I can like go to restaurants and stores and say, hey, how are you doing? Blah, 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 like small talk stuff. No deeper conversations. Initially, I was very ambitious. When we moved here, I got like a... A private tutor one hour a day to learn Turkish, but then I got to business and and, and since all business is happening in English and, and abroad, I, I just lost interest. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to learn uh, Spanish with the help of Duolingo. And mm-hmm. I feel it's, it's, it's actually cool because I feel like maybe my level of Spanish is your level of Turkish because I could like I could read things on signs. You know, it says like Viridis, like, you know, they're talking about specific days of the week and when things are open and closed. The one sign I had to understand and I didn't understand is like you have to wear a face mask. And that's like, it's a weird word, <laughs> but I'm getting there. Yeah, that, that's not something that they, they teach you in like level one of Duolingo face mask required. But yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I guess if you if you ever wanted to get a little more fluent, um, you can either obviously you you could talk to the natives, but <laughs> I don't know if you have any reason to at this point. But Duolingo seems to to supplement that pretty well, except you do have to execute it. You have to actually talk. Yeah, it's, I like the app. I used it for, for a while as well. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, I know we met 
and I couldn't give you the right introduction. I'm sorry. Sometimes it, I know that some podcast hosts they're like they have this lengthy introduction. I like to wing this. I want to make it casual as so possible. Bad. Yeah, yeah. And, but but I can't really give you the right introduction because you're like this dude who's like does all the things. So talk about that because you have like when I talk about career trajectories on the podcast, some people are like, "Oh, I was a lawyer and now I'm a baker," and then I have you. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know what to do there because you're so like you're everywhere. You do all the awesome things. So tell me, tell how do you how do you want to describe that? So I describe it by, let me tell you how we got here. Um, initially, I co-founded MaxCDN, the content delivery network. This is also how we met. I think back then you were at Mashable and we were the CDN providers for Mashable. I think this is how we got together or via CDN or via the WordPress, WordPress community. And we sold MaxCDN and um, I moved to, to Bodrum, Turkey. And then I read this book called Conscious Capitalism. Uh, which talks about that, you know, the old way of doing business is, um, you know, a business has to increase shareholders' value, has to make the owners of the business rich. Uh, and the new way, the conscious way of doing business is you take care of all stakeholders, you know, meaning suppliers, employees, customers, community, the planet, environment, you know, like all these things. And if you do this, then the business is the best vehicle to have a positive impact in the world. And this, I thought that's that's pretty awesome. And so I decided to go back into business and um, start an outsourcing company called LTV Plus. We provide live chat agents and support agents for e-commerce SaaS companies. And then I bought Task Drive, which my old business partner, Samir, who was a business partner at, um, at MaxCDN, started uh, because it's... You know, also people business, it's uh, lead research if you do outbound sales. Then um, I invested into shortlist.io, became a co-founder there, which is a agency for SEO and um, backlinks. And um, yeah, somehow I ended up with um, a few more businesses that I invested into that I started. So I have this portfolio of businesses and then I start to um, coach the leadership teams of my businesses to make sure they're on their A-game. And um, I couldn't find a software that was doing what I wanted to do. And so I uh, started, I took the CTO of one of my businesses and uh, to build me something which ended up being this coaching platform called upcoach.com. And I showed it to a buddy of mine um, who is a very well-known coach. Uh, his, his name is Todd Herman. He wrote the book, The Alter Ego Effect. And I showed him, like, hey, man, I'm not a coach by trade, but I built this coaching software. What do you think about this? And he's like, that's amazing. I want to invest. Let's make this big. And by the boom, I ended up with another business. Um, and I'm really passionate about UpCoach. I think I'm most passionate about this one because uh, yeah, this, this allows me to have a positive impact in lots of people's lives because I can empower coaches to help more people better. And this is why I'm, I'm super stoked about, about this one. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was the impetus of that was, was reading this book about this conscious capitalism thing, but I think it's so important. And I mean, especially when we see the distribution of wealth right now in, in some of these variety of companies and how it's, it's especially in the context of COVID, like the rich getting richer and the poor getting poor. I never like to make it too political, but I think it's, it's, it's true. It's true. And I like the way that you're philosophically aligns in a way that builds uh, that that's focused on, the whole the whole company versus the people at the at the helm. So I, I love that. I love it. I, yeah. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I need that kind of being like a net positive in the world. You know, even if you take good care of your 
employees, etc. If you sell cigarettes, then I think it's it's also not a good thing. You know, so we should do something that actually does not harm uh, the, the the people or the environment. And you know, provide. I want to provide lots of jobs to lots of people. That's why I picked an outsourcing business. My goal is to get to 10,000 employees. We're only at 300 right now, but steadily growing. So at some point, you know, a 10-year goal is to to get to these 10,000. And you know, to provide a cool job, remote job, um, with a good culture, and um, you know, put food on lots of people's tables is like something that just gets me excited. Cool. Well, if there are hiring links, you want to bring that yourself from 300 to 10,000. Let me know. I'll put in the show notes. Thank you. I appreciate it. Actually, we're bringing everything together. I don't know when when this airs. Um, right now, you know, I have all these different businesses and I'm bringing it all together under one umbrella, which is howwesolve.com, which is currently just my podcast. But I'll have, you know, um, different resources like a, my portfolio companies that help people scale their businesses, then content, blog, podcasts, um, webinars, etc., and then also masterminds um, around um, several topics to yeah, help people scale. I love it. So I love it. You need to talk to the Gravity Forms guy. He also did he did this thing very overtly. I'm sure you're familiar with who he is. Dan? Is, I don't know. I'm familiar with Gravity Forms. Yeah. So the background is, for, for anyone who knows, like he basically shirked his um, salaries so that everybody can get $70,000 in his company. And I love that. I mean, it's the same concept. It's just, you know, one guy has the potential to make a million dollars and his staff has the potential you know they're, they're obviously they're making 2030 but if you could change that if you can skew the scale and make it so that everybody's on an le- equal level playing field and i mean it changes everything and it makes people happier to go to work and because you believe in the, the obviously the boss believes in you to do that and you believe in the company to to show up so it mm. it, it does a lot yeah, of things like, like- you can do things um, that um, the CEO can only make a certain multiple of, um, you know, what the lowest paid employee does mm-hmm. to kind of like keep a keep a, um, a scale. But you know, with with some companies, it's like I don't know, at the CEO of of big companies makes like a few thousand times more uh, than an employee. employee yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, I mean, I think it's, I think it's great, and I love that you're doing it. And I'm definitely going to be following along. You, you, you know, what you need to do. I think it'd be kind of fun. You should, you should journey this. This, you should document this journey from 300 to 10,000, like something like that. <laughs> That'd be fun. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's a good goal. But then again, it, that's a hard thing. And it's funny. Like I was thinking of creating a, a site that will also make me accountable to some of the things that I want to do uh, in my life to like. You know, I've done it, but I haven't done it as overtly. And I think the overtness is going to be the accountability. You know, you're talking about the managing happiness stuff. Um, that's like an accountability component. I think everything in my life right now requires accountability. And it just becomes so much easier if you have accountability in your life. For example, working out, you know, I, I'm i pretty driven to, you know, work out on a regular basis. I work out three times a week like a clockwork but only since i got a personal trainer uh, i really became much fitter because he pushed me to do even more um and you know when he's not there then it's like yeah i'll just you know i'll just go running today i will not push me so hard 
But if he's there, he just like murders me for an hour and a half. And he always shows up at 6 a.m. in the morning. He's in front of my door. Oh, wow. And then even even though if I didn't sleep well, he went to bed late or whatever, there's like no excuses. He's there. He says, you got you to gotta just do it. Yeah. For him. You gotta make it happen. So yeah. So, you know, so I, I, I've been toying around with this idea. I know I talk about this in the context of Tamar, the perfume brand. But, you know, uh, my perfume brand is a mental health uh, perfume brand. But I think mental health also comes mm -hmm. from a component of physical health. So I've been thinking of like so, sort of an offshoot um, with with the with this concept uh, concept to kind of create a a social network that kind of has the fitness and health accountability. So weight loss, if weight loss is your goal, uh, or just fitness. I know Strava exists. I know My Fitness Pal exists. I want a hybrid of both with a lot more visuals. Okay, you you like Magic Happiness, which you know hopefully you'll join on the next cohort. Yeah, um, which actually did, did, didn't mention in the things that I'm doing. It's a group coaching to help people to figure out their personal mission, vision, and core values, to figure out their goals, what they want to do in the next 10 years, one year, 90 days, 60 days, and this this week to kind of really break it down. And then the habits that they need to actually achieve this, their goals. Because, you know, I'm a big believer that habits determine everything in your life. If you're rich or poor, happy or unhappy, obese or in shape, it all boils down to which habits you cultivate. And um, my big vision for managing happiness is that it becomes something like Toastmasters, where it's self-organized groups, where people, you know, hold each other accountable that they're actually doing the stuff that they're setting out to do and, you know, help each other to figure out what are these things, you know, who do I want to be, and to become, you know, have a definite purpose in life, aka their, their mission and their vision, and having like a peer group that holds them accountable that they move towards this, because I think that's, you know, uh, super important that you don't drift in life, that you kind of figure out what you want and that you go for it. All right. Um, yeah, no, I love it. I love it. And, you know, so the thought process that I have is really like sort of like an integrated uh, tool that you ask yourself questions. But it's sort of like the stuff that you're going to be coaching about, but like it's mm -hmm. in, in like the social network format where everybody is like, it's, it's very feed driven. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to talk to you about this separately offline because it's so early. I was reading, um, I have it on my desk right now, Nir Eyal's uh, book, Hooks. I don't know why. It's it's literally how to build habit-forming products. I'm not trying to build, like, when I was thinking about it, I was the only thing I had in my mind was the Tamar perfume. Tamar is, is a potentially habit-forming product, but it's not going to be a habit-forming product, really. It's not like, you know, his, when he started reading, when I started reading this, it was like about Pinterest and Twitter and Facebook and all the, and Google and, like, you know, the sites that people are using on a regular basis. All of a sudden, like I hit chapter three and I'm like, wait a minute, you know, I wanted to be accountable to myself in the fitness realm. And I am, I have been, I've been diligent since December 24, 2018, every single day I show up and I walk and I run, but can I do more? Like, you know, even those of us who are so committed to our health might actually have like, you know, like a month or two where we really deviate from our path. Is there a way, and then and then all of a sudden, like either you spiral out of control or you get control, you you redirect yourself and you actually start finding yourself. Um, I want to potentially avoid those issues because if you spiral out of control, you're total, you might be totally screwed. And I mean, if you redirect, you're in a better place. I I, I needed my own redirection, uh, and and this is a means. Uh, of, I have some hands for this. Yeah, yeah, I would love to hear it. Um, I want, I, I want, we, we, we definitely should talk about this. This is not the context of the podcast, but maybe we should just talk about this. <laughs> I don't know if you want to talk about it now. I mean, totally, but um, I want to, we probably should sync up as well. I want, I want to run this, this concept by you because it's early, but I think habits and it, it's mental health and mental fortitude and, and physical, like all mm -hmm. this stuff comes in tandem. 
And really, like you and I, I know we totally align with this stuff. So feel free to elaborate now if you want and thought we can yeah, it's podcast. Really quick. Yeah, it's just really quick. So I have like these, um, I have a restart routine. Once I fall, fall off the wagon, I'm not sticking with my habits. Then, you know, I have this self-care restart routine, you know, kind of like oh, the, okay. get a massage, get a haircut, whatever, get a manicure, pedicure, whatever. Do something that's good, you know, makes you feel good, self-care. And then from the next day, I'm jumping back onto you, okay? Now we have reset, and then I jump back on the good behavior. Um, and um, I have an early warning sign for my habits, which is my inbox zero. If I'm not at inbox zero for like three or four days or like a week, then I know that I have too much on my plate and have to kind of re-configure um, stuff and like, you know, take something something off yeah. my plate. Otherwise, so, I will fall off the wagon with my good habits. And it's like my canary in the coal mine that tells me that I'm like uh, pushing it too much. Interesting, interesting. So I'm, I'm an inbox zero person and I get it. I have to do the same thing. I have to snooze my inbox so I get it out of sight, out of mind, and then it gives me like a refresher. So that's my little hack to that. I don't know if like, you know, self-care is always a big part of my life, but like I can't figure out... If, if, for example, if I feel like I have to have some chocolate, sometimes that chocolate will, will be a few, a few days longer than I expect. So I don't know how to reset myself mentally for that. So, but, but if you were to like, you know, my, my, the thought process of where I'm going in this is if you were to articulate to yourself why you're having this food, and then you ask yourself how you feel after that, and you'd start reinforcing the good and the bad, and hopefully it becomes more habitual. There's some science to it. There's some stuff that I've been kind of reading and studying up on in the last uh, 12 months that are that lend itself to that. Um, I'll, I'll share I'll share this concept with you uh, a little more. But yeah, I think, please, looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to, like, it, and if I assume, if I, I end up doing something, like, I would probably need some beta testing. So uh, I'll send that out to you. I'll keep you posted. We'll see. I mean, this is, this is the first time I'm talking about it on the podcast. It's literally, like, something that just hit me, and I'm like, I could, I, I should have been an end user for this. I've been thinking about journaling this kind of stuff anyway. If there's a means of having a journal that's more community driven and aggregated and everybody supports each other, that's the it ties into the hook philosophy of uh, social reinforcement. Why not? So that, that was anyhow, that's where I was going. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, let me, let me, let me, uh, deviate and shift uh, on the podcast side. Uh, I know we talked about like your rise above adversity, which is something I think is very relatable for a lot of people. Um, but I think at the same time, like it's it's very unique because we we struggle. A lot of us struggle. I do even. So talk about talk about your story. So I used to be very introverted or shy, um, which was holding me back a lot in business. Especially I noticed this when I moved to America and, you know, people are here more ex are more extroverted than, than people in Germany. Uh, and I felt it was really holding me back. I was even uncomfortable on a conference call, you know, it was, it was ridiculous. And actually our, our mutual friend Sayed kind of like really showed me uh, how he, you know, went to a lot of conferences and where he was as well and seeing how he was networking and how he was just, you know, acting. It's like showing me like, hey, holy cow, this is so effective and, you know, it's actually fun. So I want to really change this introvertness to, to being more extrovert. And I did it via two things, which one was kind of exposure therapy, doing uh, going to networking events two a week in L.A. and just like talk to everybody on their mom until I was kind of over it. And then Toastmasters, which is like a, a, you know, a club where you learn how to public speak. Toastmasters.org, it's pretty cool. It costs next to nothing and they're pretty much everywhere. And I did this also twice a week and this kind of helped me to overcome it. But the real 
change happened when my yoga teacher said everything in life you either do out of love or fear and if you do it you know out of love you're in the right path and fear in the wrong path and this was something i always knew deep down inside but i could not articulate and she gave me the tools to articulate this and you know ever since you know i, I use this for example if i um being on the podcast or like speaking on uh, on stage in front of a lot of people I would have, you know, never done this before, but now if I do this, you know, I can give a good presentation when I think about the audience and how I can provide value to them and make it about them. Like what I can see, what I say here can help them in their life and their business or whatever, you know, I provide value to them. Then I'm acting out of love versus if I'm acting out of fear and I only think about me and I think, do people think I have a weird German accent? Do people think I look weird? Do people think what I'm saying is stupid? Then I freeze and I can't give a good presentation. You know, so that's like the, 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 the thing in my mind that's, just makes everything easier. Or in sales, I used to hate sales with a passion because um, I always felt like a used car salesman. But if I sell out of love, because I know this product, what I have here, can really help you um, to, you know, help you in your life and your business, then, you know, I can even be pushy. Say, hey, Tamar, freaking buy this. You know, freaking do managing happiness because I think you're going to get a lot out of it. Versus if I sell out of fear because I sell because, you know, I think, I have to hit my numbers, I have to pay my mortgage, whatever. If this is the motivating factor, then um, it's going to be super hard for me to do it. And the other person will also feel where I'm coming from. You know, I could go on and on with examples about this, the love and fear thing, but um, yes, turn, became my mantra and has been really powerful for me to, yeah, get easier through life. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually a big fan of Toastmasters. It's... It, it is it's it is close to nothing it's like thirty dollars a year and you have meet, weekly meetups with a specific agenda and you public speak you talk in front of people you they're very mindful of how you talk so you have to avoid those filler words like um and ah and you know and like you get scored on these things based on the audience listens so now you're making me think i have to start talking like a toastmaster instead of casually <laughs> that's that might change my my podcast philosophy here uh, you're supposed to avoid saying things like saying things like saying things like saying you, you want to avoid those types of things as well repeated words uh that was intentional just in case you were wondering <laughs> and it's very it's it's great it happens to be very difficult to do, but you do have to make more of a conscience, conscious investment in your articulation, which to me is not very natural. So you can't really do it normally, but at the same time, it's the fact is you are standing up in front of a group of people and you are, there's some sort of agenda, whether or not it's prepared or more improv, improvisational, like that's the difference. So I think that's great. Are you still involved in that? I expect. Oh, no, I haven't, I haven't done Toastmasters in a long time. I looked at one here, and uh, they have only one in Istanbul, or in, in uh, English-speaking one in Istanbul, where I am. There is none. Oh wow! Would have had to start start one, and I, uh, you know, didn't feel like doing this. But yeah, I love Toastmasters. I think I think it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I I, I was actually thinking of doing one as well, uh, and in an area that was a little more convenient to me. Not that the one that is not. It's literally like a mile and a half down the road. It's just the timing and stuff wasn't so great, so I stopped doing it. I also just. I gave birth to my child, so it just like I couldn't. I had to choose one or the over the other, and I guess I guess the easy decision was that. But yeah, it, globally they're much more difficult to access, and and you have to put an investment in that. Um, I was curious to know, I, I, given that you're not involved in it anymore, you don't really know. But I was curious to know how how they transitioned in the context of COVID. 
Oh, I'm, I'm still in Facebook groups uh, of the, the, the previous groups I'm in. Mean, just do on, on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like it's it's more practical for it to be more global reaching. It was always one of those things you had to do it in person. And I always thought, oh, we need to do it face-to-face. -face. I didn't want to do the face-to-face -face thing. Um, and I've, I've always wanted to do the remote thing. So I wonder if, if what they're seeing in in terms of attendance based on the fact that people, it might be more accessible to other people, especially locals near you who might be interested in such a program like that where they don't have a local chapter, which is, you know, close and is able to serve them. So I wonder. Yay, remote work. Yeah, I know, right? I think that's the positive side of COVID. Yeah. So how did you, just curious, going back to the networking thing, like how, I mean, finding those, just to get to a week, I mean, for me, I can't always, well, right now, I can't even fathom <laughs> to one a week, but how do how you, it's not even, we're, we're in 20, we're in April, 2021. So it seems just so far off to have these networking events, but how are you finding those? Just were they random? Were they, were, were they aligned with your business? Were, like what? Yeah. 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 It was always like some marketing thing, SEO thing, um, you know, tech thing, you know, in, in Los Angeles, there's like a meetup. I mean, there used to be meetups like there's there's no tomorrow or conferences etc. So there's a lot of stuff to go to. Yeah, that well I guess LA is, is lends itself to a lot of that as well by nature of where it is. I never pursued that in New York just because right now I don't live in the city, but I always knew that there was always things I just was never so keen on. It's it's it would be commuting wise would just be already like two or three hours. So. Okay. I don't, yeah, I don't even live that far away. It's just that, you know, just the nature of the beast. And even though I love those events, I, I don't consider, my, I, I consider myself pretty introverted too. I don't know if I could get from like, like where you go from like introvert to extroversion. I think I'd be in the middle, but there's sometimes where there are events. I'll have, I'll have a conversation with one person. I'll be like, that's a win. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, I, yeah, I, I talk to everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, good for you to be able to do that. Do you have any advice on like anybody trying to get there? I mean, besides the steps that you've taken, like, I mean, because you, you know, that thing that your yoga teacher taught you about doing things out of love and out of fear, like how to break out of that mindset. Is there, I mean, that was it for you, but what do you think I mean, for other people? I mean, for, for, for me, it's like when I talk to another, before I always thought like, you know, again, love and fear. I talk to somebody, do they think like, oh, they probably don't want to talk or they probably think whatever I'm weird or whatever. Um, this, you know, the fear aspect. But if I, you know, see this person, I see, oh, there's another human that I can provide value to, and you know, ask a few questions to see if there is like a hook that I can bring in, like my area of expertise, or like if I can help this person. So it's always about like how can I provide value to this person. If this is what you think about, then the fear introvertness goes away, at least for me. Yeah, I like that. I think everybody wants to help. So yep. I think it's Makes just you feel good when you can help and provide value. Yeah, and I will say I've gotten a lot of help from you and I've been very grateful. So thank you. And like you're you're like you're extraordinarily altruistic in, in many, many ways. And I mean there's a lot to emulate, you know, uh because you just very inspirational. So very cool. Thank thank you very much. I'm make, make me blush. I'm German. I can't take compliments. <laughs> we can't see each other anyways right now. Um, I do see your, we're on Skype for the record and I see you're holding a, 
a tiger head or something. Oh, that's the you remember the Maxidian? Oh, it's a Maxidian. Oh, it's Maxidian. It's like a really funny story. We had an intern back then, I think it was even South by Southwest. I think where we saw each other last. And we had the, the cheetah costume and we were preparing, you know, it was GDC Game Developers Conference. And we were preparing the trip, you know, and the uh, kind of booking the tickets for people, et cetera, kind of like all the stuff that we need for the booth. And my intern at the time reads through the list of people who are attending and he speaks aloud and says, like, I wonder who's going to wear the cheetah costume. And he goes, like, fuck. Because <laughs> you know? he realized it was him. Sorry for cursing on you. On you. Oh. Sure. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I realized, yeah, because it's sort of cut off. But, um, yeah, that, that's that's reminiscent. Yeah, that's funny. And it's with you. With, uh, I guess, have you gotten a haircut yet since the last time we saw each other? Because you have very short hair in this photo. I have COVID hair. I haven't had my first haircut today in, like, a year and some, some you know. So, so is I have it like really long hair though? Is it still long? So you got your COVID haircut that's still long. You just got a trip. Yeah, it's still long. I, yeah, I just got trimmed. Yeah, it's okay. still very long. All right. Well, good for you. Yeah, most most guys. Yeah. So I, I I don't even remember you in this. Like this is such a long time ago. This is what happens when you use technology that's that still works for podcasting, and yet it's it's really <laughs> it's really old technology. Like you said, you haven't used Skype in years. Uh, I, I, don't, I only use Skype for, well, that's actually interesting. I work with some agent companies where, uh, Pakistan and they are sending, like they send me, they're, st they're still using it, but there's a, the, the, the software that I use happens to do st good stereo recording. If I, if I use it only on here, I can't do it on zoom. The zoom quality doesn't meet my criteria and I can't do it on Google meet. So this is it. And I'm happy with it, but yeah, it works. If it works, it works. Exactly. All right. Cool. Yeah. So let me let me ask you uh, the final question because I know you talked about you how you make yourself accountable. Self care, I guess, fitness for you is part of self care. Working out. Talk about a little bit more about your self care regimen. What you do when you work out, for example, and what that looks like. Yeah, self care is, is more than just a workout, but I think it's like it's a very key thing to uh, work out on a regular basis. Just you know, if you have a lot of endorphins being produced and, um, you know, uh, other uh, things in your body that make you feel bad being 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 destroyed. But uh, so for self-care for me, I have like, a, you know, as I mentioned, I'm a habit nerd. Planning the next day, super crucial for me, so I know what I'm doing next day. Inbox zero, super important. Eating the frog, meaning doing the task that I least likely want to do as the first thing in the morning. Are really important for me uh, then yoga and meditation on a regular basis also every day not eating after 9 p.m really important because if i eat after 9 p.m it's not about gaining weight it's about getting an energy boost and then not going to bed until like 2 a.m and then you know my trainer is in front of my door at 6 a.m uh doesn't doesn't really work that well then i have a gratitude rock that i use um every day in the morning i pick it up and i go through the things i'm grateful for and at the end of the day, I go through the things that went great this day. Um, and the Maui habit, which is from the book Tiny Habits, which is in the morning, you just get up and tell yourself today is going to be an awesome day. So this, you know, just kind of walk you through my 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 habits of the day. This is the thing that makes me uh, 
I love it. I love it. I'm very aligned with you on so many different things. Like I have, I use that. I'm using the, it's a an open source app right now called like, it's called loop habit tracker. Very, very obsessed with it right now. Um, the gratitude thing. I have a, like another app I'm looking at presently. I, I journal every single day what I'm grateful for. And I try to make it different. Like I, I try to, every single day I want to realize that, you know, my life isn't about like the same constant stuff to be grateful for with my family, my friends, like, for example, I'm just going to open my app right now. You know, what, why, what was I grateful for yesterday? A walk with a friend, you know, like getting started on the thing that has been driving me insane. Like you talked about um, how you, you do the thing that you least want to do first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been procrastinating on the one thing like I don't usually mm -hmm. do. I never procrastinate. But there's this one thing that like is totally, totally giving me so much anxiety. I started doing that yesterday. So like those are like things like, you know, I articulate that. Inbox zero, very, very similar. All the things. So. I like that. I like that we're very, very aligned in, in, in our goal settings and, and what we try to get done. And it, it, I mean, it totally makes you feel better. A hundred percent. So I, really, really cool. And you have a lot of, a lot of things food for thought and you, you're very succinct in, in how you've articulated like what, you know, what you're saying and what you're doing. So it's, it's great. We, we have a, uh, in magic happiness or in up culture, we also have a group habit tracker because you know, a lot of, we talked about accountability before, um, you know, having this positive peer pressure where people see if you're doing your habits or not, you know, it's like another reason that, that pushes you. It is, to, it is. Like, accountability is so important. I think people don't realize that. I don't know when you have to realize that you have to hit a certain age, like in your 20s, I don't care at all. But like when you hit your 30s and you hit your 40s, you're like, wait a minute, you know, like I can make, live my best life. I just have to do things the right way, you know, live a best responsible life for your family because now they're. When, you, when you're young, it's more like negative peer pressure. Yeah, now I like that. I like the way you put that 100%. And it's so, it's so great, especially when you have a group, a regular group, a regular cadence with individuals. That that changes everything. It totally, totally changes everything. So my recommendation is for anybody out there who wants to do something, you have to have, first of all, it should be one-on-one. -on -one. I don't recommend one-on-one. -on -one. I think there should be a group of people. And you have to mm -hmm. regularly um, reinforce that by like by showing up. So everybody needs to show up. Uh, and I've, I've, I've like, you know, you, you and I talked about sep the separately, but like, I have two accountability groups, one with four women every single Wednesday. And I like, it's, it's the accountability to myself as like a founder. And then I have another one actually on Thursdays, it just ended. Um, and it's, it's seven, seven guys and me. So I'm the only woman, but like, you know, the fact is, once you start, the rapport in the beginning is very, like, it's just meh. You know, you don't really feel it. And then, like, maybe by the third and the fourth, you're like, oh, I'm starting to derive value. And then you're like, and that's the one thing you might look forward to the entire week. It's It's got to be, it's got, it can't be forced. It can't be, like, a team meeting with, your, like, your colleagues. You need to do this for yourself mm -hmm. and not do it for, like, you know, for everything else. And I think it changes everything in, in terms of mindset. I yeah. can very highly yeah, recommend Everybody highly recommend get get a group of friends together. Yeah, so that, take 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 a look at up coach if you want to build something best. like that because David has has the solution for you. Got it. Got yes, and managinghappiness.com in case if you want the you know the yeah. mission, mission managinghappiness.com. Yep, you got it. Coaching. Cool. So I got I got one final question for you, and mm -hmm. the question is. Um, if you can give an earlier version of David some advice, what would you tell him? It would be the, figuring out the love and fear thing earlier. And 
very personal thing, but um, my mom passed away when I uh, like seven years ago or so, uh, eight years ago. And I wish I would have spent more time with her and you know, not, not being so focused on work. And also, you know, we moved to Los Angeles and she was still in Germany. It's like one of the, one of the regrets that I have. I think kind of being really mindful about like, you know, what, what matters. And also find maybe another advice, finding early in life what you really want out of life and what you want to do. Because most people just kind of like, you know, are like a leaf in the wind. Um, and also figuring out what actually you really want, not what the dream of the world or society or whatever is, you know, kind of keeping up with the Joneses or, um, you know, just got to figure out what's, what's, what's your thing. And then everything becomes much clearer and, and easier. And yeah, I think that's, this is what I would tell. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful David. stuff. And I'm sorry to hear about your mom and how that, yeah, that's stuff stuff. Um, I have, I have, yeah, we talked about this in our previous call. So, so, yeah, I cannot, uh, in my mind, it cannot create images. So when I close my eyes and think of an apple, I cannot see anything. Everything in my mind is text-based. And this also has a side effect for me because I have an extreme case of aphantasia. I can also not relive feelings. So, um, which also, you know, makes it, uh, I, I don't get affected. I don't have trauma, you know. Even my, my father died when I was 12. And um, it was, sounds like a dick, but it was not, not really hard for me. Just accepted it. Whereas my brother is still suffering from it. You know, so it's like a yeah, yeah. Wow. positive side effect of this condition. It's crazy how everybody's so minds are like, how they process things is so <laughs> variable. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you have some people who are like, oh, you know, they can never drink this habit stuff, habit following Kool-Aid, which is great Kool-Aid. <laughs> Tastes the best. Um, it's the healthiest. Uh, but then there's other people who are just like completely, it, it, you have to be in the right headspace, but I think there, and some things are changeable and some things evidently aren't and, and just insane. It's, 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 it's fascinating all the same. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so where can people like, I mean, you mentioned a bunch of these websites, but if somebody wanted to follow, find you, contact you, what's the best recommendation you got there? You can check out howwesolve.com. There you find all my portfolio companies. And you can also check out davidhensel.com. Actually, now you can check out hensel.com, H-E-N-Z-E-L.com, which I just bought. I'm very happy about. Um, yeah, I paid, I got a good deal. I paid 3,700. Yeah, good deal. I would prefer my first name, even though my first name is pretty common. So it I know who owns it. I know who owns david.com. Really? Yeah, <laughs> he's he's in he's in the David. he's in the industry. I met him at a few Mashable meetups. David, uh, David. Oh, it's it's the it's the founder of um, what's it called of the phone suppressor, offer, right? Uh no, I don't think so. Hold on a second. Uh, why do I? I haven't spoken to him in so long. I gotta find this dude. Uh, David Blumenstein. Why do I say that? Yeah. No, I don't. So no. he he he's not. He he just. I don't know what he did. I don't know what he did. But yeah, it's funny. Every I, I, There's so many people who have mentioned this and I've always said, oh, I know the guy. Not the guy who owns it. Like, yeah. I'm not the guy who owns it, but I know the guy who owns it. I have a David. My son is David. My grandfather is David. Like, I have lots of Davids. I could totally want, there's definitely a lot of people who want that domain. I can tell you that. Yeah. But Hensel, Hensel's the next best thing. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you said howwesolve.com. I want to make sure because you said it quickly and I want to make yes. sure if it's transcribed. Howwesolve.com. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Um, awesome. All right. Well, that 
Sounds good. Anything else you might want to add and share? No, just make decisions out of love, not fear. Do yourself the favor and um, leave a comment and like the podcast. It helps to promote it. Yeah, well. absolutely. Share the podcast. I don't really have like buttons on my social podcast. <laughs> I mean, I guess oh, you can. Oh, right. On, 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 on Spotify and Apple. That's a good point. That, yes. Good idea. Thank you for the recommendation. I don't even, I don't promote it. I, I think about it on my platform versus on the uh, platforms that I distribute to. So good thought. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much, David. This was fun. I enjoyed it. Likewise, Tom. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, looking soon. forward to having you on the Managing Happiness group, and yeah, let's chat soon. Cool. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you all again for tuning in. This is your host, Tamar Weinberg, of the Common Sense Podcast. Till next time.